What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. All right, good people. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And like always, sitting across from me in the studios is my main man, the mad scientist himself, Dave. What's going on, Dave? What's going on, Mike? What's up, guys? Glad to be back here talking to you. Yeah, and like I said, there ain't too much going on with me. Um, I think what I saw you a lot this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Been over so, to my house quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm about to tell you, like, give me that little corner in the garage. I'll sleep next to the the car. <laughs> if you clean it up for me, yeah, that's the deal. Oh my goodness, that's that's unfair trade off. <laughs> <laughs> I need to clean up the garage. Oh man, oh man, oh man. So um, you've been doing some practicing with the JJ Ricasa drills, and how does that coming along? Oh, it's nothing to it, man. <laughs> no, it's, we're we're starting to get you know some matches going on now, so I'm sure the these little drills that we've been doing over the quarantine deal will kind of uh, peter out a little bit. But it's been going all right. JJ's been posting these drills. I don't. I just I respect him so much as a shooter. He's such an accomplished shooter. Mm-hmm um and he's posting these these drills that are it's mostly like gun handling stuff and um i can kind of keep up with him on the gun handling end mm-hmm. uh you know of of the shooting and uh, i it's just been something i've been trying to do just keeping up with him and working on these drills and uh tagging him in the drills when i beat his times Hey, that's it right there. Like I said, we're going to go ahead and get this rivalry going in a friendly manner publicly. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> it is totally super friendly, man. I, I I saw him at Nationals last year. I didn't get a chance to talk to him because we were in between stages. I just saw him when we were walking by. Mm-hmm. But um, I respect him so much uh, in our game. He's such a good shooter. Yes, yes. He's very phenomenal with it. But – Speaking of shooting matches and fundamentals, I haven't done as many drills as you have since the quarantine break because the most I've been doing during the quarantine break was I was doing house upgrades. So I painted the inside of my house. Then after I finished painting the inside of my house, I went back to doing dry fire. But then I started doing the whole movement portion. So I haven't been really focusing on left and right movements or back movement as well, but just moving forward. So I felt like I had to understand how to crouch down and move, you know, without it hurting. And I figured it out as we talked about in the previous show. And we went up to Tennessee and shot the match up there. And I thought I was going to get a chance to display what I call Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the yeah. squat. But, yeah, some kung fu action. Yeah, but it didn't happen. I <laughs> no. didn't get a chance to. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to show Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So maybe Mid Carolina will 
open up something. Well, every stage doesn't, uh, you know, it's not set up for that, but yeah. Um, but the whole thing was, um, a lot of those stages were set up to be fast. So overall it was fun. You know, I would have really liked to go shoot that match with you. It just didn't work out for me. Uh, past weekend with the with the drive and everything yeah um i totally understand it and like i said there's enough matches that's coming around we can make it happen eventually um now to let you know overall in the limited division only yeah um i came in sixth place I'm, i'm trying to pull up the information um right now I'm looking at the wrong, wrong one for the classifiers. But, um, yeah, so the one that um, we actually went to with all the regular match, pretty much, what ended up taking place was I ended up getting sixth place out of 22. Not and bad. Not bad at all. But, like I said, first match back felt a little rusty. And even yeah, when I was out sure. there moving and shooting, I literally felt like I was running slow. And I felt like I was slow on the trigger. And during the whole quarantine time frame, I probably went, what, two times, maybe three times to the taco commander's house and shot at his, you know, in his backyard. Yeah. And the stages we set up there. But, and it was just really just focusing on one or two things. It really wasn't like we was, hey, go 100%, you know. Yeah, each person was focusing on something individual within their um. Just trying, base. just trying to get back into it, get comfortable again. Oh yeah, so, yeah. but one thing I did discover, and I discovered this a while back, and it probably was like last summer. The more thinking I do when it comes to the shooting, so there's a lot you got to process, you know. So oh, you got, there's a tremendous you know, amount. Yeah, your gun in your hand, finger off the trigger. <laughs> um, if you got the other magazine in your hand to do a reload as you're moving, all that, you know, thinking in itself, it slows me down. And I realize that. And then, of course, you know, everything we do is subconscious, um, building up your subconscious. And I realized it was in a match in Spartanburg. When I'm just cleared mind, I move a whole lot faster, but when I'm thinking, I go slow. Mm-hmm. And and I'm pretty sure other people have that issues also, but I never talk to anybody about it to see if it's just something that's like across the board like that. I think that everyone that shoots our game has similar issues, man. I do. Uh, one of one of the things that still terrifies me when. I- <laughs> I, I put it that way because it's scary. It's a scary thing to do. But when you, you're going through your stage plan, you know, before you're up to shoot, you're on the stage, you're walk, you you do get your walk through, you try to figure out your stage plan. And depending on where you are in the shooting order, you know, you may have a few shooters to figure out, you know, just to keep going through your stage plan. But when you go up, what, what I do anyway, when I go up to shoot, when it's my turn to shoot, I'll go up and I'll, you know, I'll make ready. I'll draw my gun out, make sure my dots on. I'll get a good sight picture and get my first array. I'll I'll dry fire my first array that I can see, whatever I'm going to do at the beginning of my stage that I figured out. And then I'll holster 
my gun, but I'll keep my hand on my gun. And I'll go through the whole stage again in my head. I'll visualize it. Um, and I'll, I'll focus on the alpha zone of that target. My first target I'm going to shoot in the second target and the third target to all the way to the last target. And then what terrifies me is at that point, I have to let it all go. I'm not mm -hmm. thinking about anything anymore. All I'm Then I start focusing on the buzzer, listening to the buzzer, waiting for the beginning of that beep to start my draw. And then I'm not thinking about the stage anymore at that point. I'm just shooting because I, I hopefully I have ingrained that, that stage plan into my mind so much or, or enough that I don't have to think about it anymore. And that's the scary part. When, when you're standing up there, you're like, all right, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to think about my stage plan anymore, and I'm about to go shoot it. That's that's hard. That's that's the scary part. Yeah. Um, I think everything that you just described is not everything that I do, but pretty much along the same parameters of the visual techniques. But normally what I do is, like, depending on who's shooting, I'll close my eyes and – after I hit a timer, I'm trying to base it off of their, the first gunshot of the targets where I'm at and like try to visualize it like I'm racing them in my mind. Um, okay. But at the same time, you know, I still go through and like every time we walk past to go pace the target, I'll get to a certain point and I'll just, okay, I want to do this right here or my first one, I want to do this. However, you know, I, it's a process that I go through. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird, but it works for me. It's not weird. I do that sometimes. and I'll find myself like, you know, I've been out like after uh, two or three shooters pasting targets and then I'm walking back through like after the fourth shooter and I'll find myself like stuck. I'm not I'm not pasting targets anymore. I'll be like running through an array right. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'll catch myself like, oh, crap, I need to be out there pasting targets. But <laughs> that's yeah. not weird at all, man. That's yeah. I'll run through a stage plan a hundred times if I can, if I have the time for it. I mean, we never do it happen that you never have enough time to go through it that, that much, but yeah. But um, one thing I, like I said, being at this Tennessee match and this was the first match, you know, in what, two months, yeah, two and a half a months or something like that. Um, it's like a year. Yeah. It opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. So it's, it's almost like, you took a class and then a few months later you took the same class again. And then you have that reminder like, Oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, it was one point when I was looking at the target and the target was maybe 15 feet away, 10 feet away. And I was like, my shots are like too far apart. What is going on here? Automatically. I just had to tell myself, grip the gun. And of course, when I gripped it, shot groups came back in tight <laughs> yeah. it's yeah man we're we're it, it's all fundamental stuff that we're losing now um because you know we don't have a chance to go out you know for the most part uh, most of us mm -hmm. can't get out on the range and do a lot of live fire lately i think things are changing for the for the better now but yeah, yeah i'm hoping that um Everyone is rusty and out of shape at South Carolina <laughs> State Championship, and I'm going to take the win. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, you know, um, speaking of the South Carolina State match, um, the only win that I'm focusing on 
is the one Team that I'm going to take. <laughs> yep, the, the one I'm going to take against the South Carolina coordinator, Lucky himself. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, on does he the, uh, listen to the podcast? Does he know you're talking trash about him on every podcast? <laughs> oh my goodness, Lucky! Lucky gave me an earful the other day. <laughs> he said, "Oh, you got to beat a dog when he's down, huh?" <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's all in good fun, man. Yeah, that's all I, it is. He understands it. I know. Yeah, yeah. We have fun. We talk about it and everything, and um, he's having fun with it overall. <laughs> um, but the Tennessee match um, in the limited division, Jason Pratt ended up taking the win, you know, having 100% overall. And Jason Pratt is the owner of Brass Monkey Bullets, so – you listen to last week's podcast, and of course on this week's podcast, you're going to hear a commercial, you know, for Brass Monkey Bullets in it. So he was the one that ended up taking first place in the limited division. And then coming down to fourth place is my man Chris Britt. I say Chris Britt, the dude with the loud attire, because Chris very... B wears the color. <laughs> he wears some colors, don't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't know what to think about that. But... It's very <laughs> so... loud. It's very yeah. loud. You're right. <laughs> so uh, Chris Where does ended he up... even get that stuff from, man? I don't know. Uh, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> Never asked. Never asked. No. You know? <laughs> but uh, Chris ended up taking fourth place in the limited division. Nice. And then Sam Powers, uh, Tom's brother, ended up taking fifth place. And then I ended up taking sixth place. Sam must have been drinking at that match or something, man. What He had – a tough day it, it looked like just from looking at the scores there or, or his, his hits well i think what a part of it was he did say um he did not go to sleep from 6 p.m the day before you know coming into that match at 10 o'clock you know so he he didn't he'd been up from six to overnight going into the match to that okay yeah, so he, what his job is, it kept him up. And then um, he's been neglecting shooting because of his job, or competition shooting because of his job. Yeah, it's and, been tough for everyone. Yeah, so this opened up, so he was like, hey, I'll do it. You know, and of course, when he agreed to it, probably something changed and he didn't equate for staying up 24 hours, you know. Well, I get it, man. Everybody's been so eager to get out on the range and shoot a match. I I would have done it too. Yeah, um, I I really can't call that one, but in the same breath, I can say that I understand the bug. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, opportunity is there, and if you don't take it, are you gonna kick yourself or are you just gonna say I'll wait till the next one? You know, so I get it both ways. You know what I'm saying? But, well, well, tell me, tell me about the um, the range there. I've never been to that range. Tell me, tell me what you think about it. Um, actually, I liked it, but I didn't like it. But I did like it. So if that what, makes sense to you. What was the range? What's the name All of right. the place? So the name of the range was called Tac Two, um, Tango Alpha Charlie. Then the number two. Okay. Um, in Greenville, Tennessee. And apparently it's a big complex, but the part that we was on, 
the first thing I said was this has to be a three gun setup or some form of precision rifle setup. And somebody who was like a regular member there, that's what they said. Like their setup is for three gun because there was a lot of steel everywhere. So I was like, okay, cool. Now that's the best part about it because that shows that that range is universal. Right. The other side about it is if you're someone who likes to work out, you're going to love this place. <laughs> if, what if you're if, not <laughs> if you're yeah if you don't like the workout you're gonna hate this place but you're gonna love the shooting aspect but you're just gonna hate the place okay. um it's almost like the range was um almost like in the middle of a mountain so the ranges or the stages went you know one through six so you're going up the hill you know so one two three four going higher and higher five is at the top of the hill and then six is coming back down on the other, like the downside of the hill on the opposite side. And they had a seventh stage and the seventh stage was on the other side of the parking lot, you know? So I started on stage six. That was my first stage. So I had to walk up halfway up this little mountain incline, shoot the stage, come back down past the registration um, booth, past the parking lot, do that little jungle run. That was stage seven to go back to one and do it all over again, up to five, <laughs> you know? So I ended up getting my steps in for that day. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, got a, I got a nice leg workout. So I was happy about that because I slacked off on my walking and my cardio for about, about a week or so. So I felt like that caught me up. But in all seriousness, it was a fun match. It was a fun match. So the way they had it set up, it flowed smooth. Um, it was no issues with um, the Corona scare because they had already put it out from the beginning. They wanted everybody who had a stopwatch or a timer to bring their timer. And when you got the range box, of course, it had the pad, the timer in it with the stage brief. But they also had um, individual ziplock bags with pasties in it so it wasn't like you was cross contaminating or anything like that if that was an issue for you okay so, yeah so um the match director name was gary mcconnell very knowledgeable guy i worked with him at battle at the beach last year he was the cro of the stage and he oh, was the, stated the stage you worked yes at battle at the beach okay cool yeah yeah, so he stated um, he was the match director for TAC2, and he did not expect that many people to sign up for that match. You know, so and I was like, hey, if you put on a good match, people will come. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You know, so he mentioned something else, but I don't want to mention it right now because I don't want to put out wrong information. So I'm going to wait till he puts out the email or I'm going to email him, get clear information and then I'll put mm -hmm. it out, you know, so I'm not butchering anything. Cause when we sat there, we was talking I said, it sounds interesting. But when I was talking to somebody else and I was saying it, I kind of butchered it, you know? So I was like, yeah. yeah. Okay. So how far was that from the CSRA area? Um, or you? Well, you're in Colombia. Yeah, mind. so I'm in. I'm in Colombia. You're not far from so, us. <laughs> nah. So overall, GPS stated that it was a four-hour ride. Okay. 
But when we did it, it did not seem like that. You know, so I'm like, hmm. And I think the only reason why it probably was four hours, if it was four hours, you're going through the mountains and it's one portion that's real curvy. So, you know, that portion of the mountain, you're only doing like 25 miles an hour for maybe, what, 40, 50 miles or something like that with all those curves. Well, that's not bad. I mean, you can easily do that on a Friday afternoon and be there yeah. Saturday morning to shoot. Yeah, yeah. So it, actually, yeah, it was it was bad. easy. Um, but overall, it was a fun match. And Good. The best part about it was just like I told you when I was um, texting you and telling you about the match. Yeah. I thought I was doing horrible in the match, and then when I the results came out to say that I was in sixth place. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not as rusty as I thought I was or everybody else is on the same <laughs> rusty level as me, <laughs> you know? Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you had a good match. I'd like to go check it out, man. If he, if he's putting on good matches there, I need to go check it out. I've, I've actually never shot a match in Tennessee. Oh, really? So that's well, – I got oh. one up on you, man. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go do it. Yeah. So, like I said, overall, it was fun. It was fun. But, um, of course, you know, when I'm there, I'm thinking about other things when, you know, trying to keep my mind active and everything. And we had this conversation and we picked it up, what, two nights ago, three nights ago, when we was talking about upgrades to the um, the firearm, the handgun. Yeah, yeah. And a couple episodes ago, we was talking about upgrading the trigger. The trigger, yeah. So... I went ahead, pulled the trigger to say, let me go ahead and get this <laughs> new trigger. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, like I said, last night when I was um, talking to you about it, and just like I tell everybody else, my knowledge with dealing with a 1911 or 2011 is non-existent. So the firearm that I have now is the first 1911 platform that I have. So it's still relatively new to me. And of course, like when I was asking you questions, I didn't get that like, are you serious? Are you serious? I got the, okay, let me show you this. Let me tell you this, you know? But, oh, yeah, man. That's, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, like, especially a competition 2011. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Even just like a general, uh, like 1911 that you get from Kimber or Smith & Wesson or Colt or something like that. It It takes a little bit of knowledge to you know, to keep the guns running properly. It's mm-hmm. it's not like a like a polymer gun like a Glock or a you know SIG or, or whatever. Um it takes a little bit more knowledge and it's not difficult. It just means you have to research it a little bit more and get more familiar with the firearm and, and how it functions and how to keep it functioning properly. Yeah, and like I said, it is a learning, a learning curve, definitely there. And I enjoy learning new things, not complaining. Yeah, yeah. You know, but um, it's the knowledge that I'm getting from this. It's I feel like it's I, I reached a golden nugget, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the conversation we had was talking about the trigger. So, mm-hmm. me being a theory based guy, I'm thinking with this upgraded trigger so the factory trigger that comes on sti is a medium curve and i ended up getting um 
a long flat. Yeah. And by my fingers being longer, you made the um, statement that it should be a more comfortable pull for me versus where I'm at right now. So would it be that much more comfort compared to what I'm used to right now? Because I've never shot a longer base trigger other than the Beretta and that was in the military and we were just using that for like draw fire and, you know, manipulation almost. Well, the bread is a double action. So the only reason the trigger is out further is because it's a double action and it doesn't actually break, you know, out further. You still have to pull it back to the, you know, the break point. So you you still have to curve your finger in toward toward the grip toward the frame. Um, I don't know, probably about an equal amount. I just think, but just because of your hand size and, and you you have a little bit longer fingers, I just think that the longer trigger would would just fit your hands better. I think it would help kind of straighten straighten your finger out and just give you a little more comfortable grip and, and comfortable placement on the trigger it's it's something when you you just have to try out and just see what what's more comfortable for for you and works better for you i'm very interested to see how this is going to play because just like anything else when you get something new on the firearm um the break-in portion is going to turn down for a little bit and then it's going to shoot back up so I'm wondering if that's going to take place with the trigger, just like it did with the hand grip. I, there's definitely a possibility for that. I just got that. Um, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but I got that new uh, Limcat uh, um, open gun, and it has a different trigger on it. And it's not so different from my other gun. It's like half a pound different on the trigger weight. It's the same medium flat trigger that I had on my previous gun that I have about like 150,000 rounds through. Um, it feels exactly the same. The brake is a half a pound lighter. And just that little bit of difference took me about three months to get used to. And I'm, maybe, you know, maybe I'm sure people can get more accustomed to it quicker or, or whatever. They can, they can, you know, get more accustomed to the trigger quicker than I can or whatever, but just in dry fire, because I'm, I've been trying to prep my trigger so much going from transition to transition. Mm -hmm. I was so used to that two pound trigger that I had that a pound and a half trigger really set me off a good bit. It took me a long time to get used to it, but you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't very long. It was three months, but I feel really comfortable with it now. And um, now, do you think it's, it's, it that, was something different than, than what I was used to? Now, do you think that half a pound and a three month time period was you just trying to reject it and trying to say, okay, let me just go back to what I'm used to? Or was there like a mental aspect in there for you? Uh, it was definitely not me trying to reject it. I was doing everything I could to accept it. I wanted to accept it. I considered, uh, you know, tightening up the, the trigger pull a little bit to make it closer to two pounds, but I didn't want to. I wanted to accept the way that it was, and um, it was just different. I, I spent two and a half years on that last gun with the two-pound trigger break, 
uh, knew everything about the gun and knew the way it felt with everything it did. I knew when the slide started slowing down, mm-hmm. um, if it was starting to get dirty. Um, while I was firing it, I could feel the slide slowing down because I was so accustomed to it. I had so many rounds through it. It had been in my hands for so long. And uh, transitioning to a, a, a completely different gun, it just it took some time. It's, um, you know, the gun becomes a, a, a personal thing to you. And yeah. <laughs> with as much as we shoot these things. Oh, yeah. And, that's, that's a very true statement because... When we did the the hand grip upgrade to the still one now, I want to say it took me about a month or so to get used to it. Three weeks to a month. Yeah. You know, so I totally understand it, but I'm 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 just very curious to see how this upgraded trigger is going to play out. Well, we'll try it out, man. It the the actual like brake weight shouldn't change. I don't. I don't think just by putting in a longer trigger, but your finger position will change, and I really think it'll be more comfortable for you just because your hands are, are so much bigger and longer. That's why they, they make different trigger lengths. You you have uh you know extra small, small, medium, long, and extra long, and uh, I think you know it's it's just to give you a custom fit for your gun and your trigger. I think I think you'll like it. Yeah. But if you don't, we can always swap it out for something else. Yep, that's true too. So if anything, what we need to do is when you're doing the install, we should turn the camera on and make a video out of this. Let's do it, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. So everybody can see the upgraded trigger coming on the STI that I call Big Sexy. So. Big Sexy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, I want to go ahead and throw out a reminder to everybody to please go follow me on Instagram at Munitions Weapons Tactical and also go to at CSRA Shooters and give them a follow as well. That's ran by the Mad Scientist. We also have um, some new shirt designs that are on um, the M-W Tactical store. So if you head on over to m-wtactical.com forward slash store, you'll see the new shirts that are in there as well. And another thing that we was discussing, Dave and myself, is the level two and level three matches that are coming up. So we already know we're doing Battle at the Beach, and that's at the end of this month here in a few weeks. So Dave made the request that he is going to win the Open Division and be the state championship winner yeah, was it, the beach. was it really a request? That's just the way it's going to happen. Well, you, you got to request it through the universe to make it happen. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, for <laughs> me, I'm just settling for to be in the top 10. You know what I'm saying? So if I can make it in the top 10 in the limited um, division, I'm happy with that. So that's my minimum goal. Anything I achieve higher than that, I'm totally ecstatic for that to take place. That's great. Really, it's just it's kind of a secondary goal of mine. I, I I would like I would love to be the South Carolina State champion. It's just been, you know, been a goal of mine for the past couple of years, but it's never really been like the goal that I'm pushing for and striving to achieve. It's it was just it's just something that what I would like to happen, 
as a byproduct of my training and my practice and, and, you know, my commitment to, to the sport. I just think it'd be cool to be the South Carolina champion. (laughs) Well, just like my dad used to tell me when I was younger, if you want it to happen, focus on it and make it happen. If, if you can visualize it, make it happen. You know, so if you want to be the state champion, make it happen. <laughs> I have it visualized. So I don't see any reason why it wouldn't happen. Yeah. So um, we'll talk a little bit more after when we go to the commercial breaks. And I'll tell you my visualization techniques that I do that seems to work for me. You know? Okay. So um, but we'll talk about that. And then we also have the the Florida. I, I keep butchering this up. The what Area Six Championship. That's yeah, the one. No, it was rescheduled. Yeah. Correct. So that's the one that I got the slot for. And then Dave and myself, we're gonna go down there and we're gonna take that over as well. And Dave yep. is also doing the Area Five Championship in Ohio. So I'm trying to make arrangements now so I can actually do that with you um, as well. Yeah, that'll be fun. It'll be cooler up there in in the upper part of the country. I I have to look at the matches again, man. I was hoping to get some more uh, area matches in this year, but things got so screwed up um, timing wise, and matches getting pushed back. I don't I don't know what's going to happen, but definitely Area Five. It, I'm already registered for it. Area Six and uh, SC State Championship. Um, Georgia State Championship will come up soon. Usually we do that in October. But, um, yeah, we're, yeah, we'll be out there. Yeah, so my goal was to hit at least four Area 2 matches this year. So Love. already we know we got Battle at the Beach and the Area 6 Championship. Yeah. Um, if I do the Area 5 with you, and I think that same weekend is the North Carolina State Championship. It is, man, and that's such a good match. Yeah. I hate to miss it. It's a yeah. great match. Um, I loved it last year. It was one of my favorite matches I shot last year. But it was one of my goals this year. I wanted to shoot more area matches mm-hmm. instead of state matches. And uh it just happened it was on the same weekend, so I'm, I'm going to shoot to Area 5 instead of the uh, North Carolina State. Anybody listening should go shoot the North Carolina State Championship. It is a fantastic match. They do a great job. You're, you're going to love it. Well, if anything, I got some redemption to do at the North Carolina State match because I ended up getting DQ'd last year at the North Carolina State match. So, if I don't do the North Carolina State match, I will be doing the match with you in Ohio. But if All I don't right. do the match with you in Ohio, I will be at the North Carolina State match for my redemption. Sounds like you need to go do that. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to figure out which one I I'm going to do. So, I hate that it's on the same weekend, man. I wish they could separate it. But that's just, you know, sometimes that's the way it happens. Yeah. And, um, you know, like I said, I wish I would have explored the rest of the matches, but I was three stages in when I got DQ'd. And um, after that, I just packed up and I left. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed, but, you know, no harm, no foul. Gosh, um, yeah, man, that's terrible. It happens. happens to everyone. 
Yeah. Um, but I didn't want it to happen at a state match. No. No, Local match. You definitely don't want that. Man, you know what? I was so worried about that flying out to my first national championship last year in Utah. Mm. So I flew out there. I had to ship my guns and ammo out there and, and flew to, you know, got plane tickets, had to rent a car. Man, I had money invested in this match. I was like, oh, wow. man, oh God, I hope I don't DQ on the first stage or two. This would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, Miss um, Linda was telling me one time, I don't want to say the guy's name because I didn't get permission from either one of them to tell this story. This guy ended up winning the um, like that state or that area. I think it was a state match for that division. So he ended up winning first place. Yeah. He's at the clearing table or the safe area and was messing with his ammo at the safe area. They had to DQ him. Oh, oh God. That is awful. Yeah, so I said that's that's the worst way right there. Won it. <laughs> yeah, you done did all the hard work. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, that's what I said. So it is what it is. So so that's a lesson for everyone listening. Pay attention to the range rules. <laughs> don't DQ yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So don't don't get don't feel yourself because he was feeling himself. You know what I'm saying? So that's all that really was. So, But in the end, like I said, this weekend, we're going to 17 South, and we're going to be um, doing it down there at that match, and I'm actually looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Me too, man. I signed up for as many matches that were open right now. I'm super excited to get back out um, shooting matches again. I'm going to get as much practice as I can in before the South Carolina state championship. And uh, I hope to see some of you guys out there. If you see me out there, you see me registered, come talk to me. Um, I'd love to see you. Yeah. Like I said, I'm the same way. I'm, I like to talk to people anyway. So if you see me, come on up, talk to me, take a picture. And then if you want to put something on the show or have an idea for the show, bring it up to us. We'll probably do it. All right, so you got any last-minute words, Dave, before we go to this commercial break? I think that's it, man. I'm super excited to finally get the uh, 2020 shooting season started. Hey, that is it right there. So to remind everybody, we're going to be doing something special between Lucky and myself so everybody can be a part of this so they can have a say-so in it as well with all donations going to the Toys for Tots that MCRC does every year. But to remind everybody, as of right now, it is still one to O, my favor in the M-W Lucky Firearms or Lucky Shot Firearms Challenge. All right. You still got it. <laughs> I, I'm still winning. I'm still winning. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to win this whole thing. I'm going to win the whole thing. <laughs> so um all right, so everybody stay in your seats and here are some words from our sponsors. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. 
For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The Gun Cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of Word on the 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 word on Thank you for listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. I am Coach B. The shooting sport is slowly opening back up and it sure feels good to get back out there and shoot a match.
In this area, we are seeing regularly scheduled matches open up with some precautions as to what the match director deems accordingly to have a safe and healthy match for us to shoot. Some clubs are limiting the participation to a select number of people, so please keep that in consideration when signing up for matches as well. The matches as of right now that we are tracking to take place are as follows. 17 South in Fleming, Georgia is hosting a match on 16 May starting at 9 a.m. This is a Go Fast Don't Suck postal match. Sign up on practice score by looking up 17SPSC. There are still some spots available. Sandhill Shooting Sports will be having a match on 17 May. They have some safety parameters in place and it will be briefed prior to the match so everyone is informed on the standards they have in place. Registration is open on practice score and sign up by doing a search for SSS. Spartanburg is still working the matters they deem to be important for everyone to be safe and when we get the word on their procedures, we will inform everyone. Battle at the Beach is taking place on 28-30 May in Tabor City, North Carolina. For those who have signed up for this Level 2 action-packed match, get your gear ready and blow the dust off those magazines and get ready to tame the shark. I'm asking everyone to find Michael Woodland and take a picture with him since he will be working this event. Please email the match director, Mike Fritz, for more information at lowcountryuspsa at gmail.com for more information. A few weeks ago, you heard Michael and Dave talk about new shooters in the gun community due to the current pandemic. If you know of someone who is new to firearms, pass the word to contact us at m-wtactical so they can receive free training. Yes, you heard me correctly, free. Michael believes that if you are new to firearms that you should not be charged for getting clarity on safety in the introductory level. He says that is his way of saying thank you for being part of the 2A community. Contact me at info at m-wtactical.com and in the subject bar put the words free training and we will get you scheduled for the free training. If you are interested in becoming a CRO, there will be a class taking place on 31 October to 1 November at Mid-Carolina Rifle Club. You must have been an RO for at least one year to the date of the class or worked two major matches to meet the requirements for the CRO class. For more information, please email Lucky Gray at SC section at yahoo.com the movement coach Keita Bussey from 185armstraining.com is coming to Columbia South Carolina are you one who is looking to take your skills to the next level movement is an important component that can help you out and shave time off the clock go to the m-w tactical facebook page and under events look for the Keita Bussey movement class she will be given the basic movement class on 6 and 7 June. If you decide to take the advanced class that is taking place on Monday, 8 June, 
You must have previously taken her basic class at some point to be able to sign up for the advanced class. To sign up for the Kita Bussy Movement class, visit the M-W Tactical Facebook page. Go to Advanced, and the sign-up link is in the description. Please check out the apparel that is offered at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store. There are some new shirts that are up now, and if you notice, you will see the Coach B shirt. Be on the lookout for more Coach B apparel to be coming soon. Please purchase a shirt or two and know that your purchase is going to help those who are in need. Visit www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store. For those who would like for your information of your shooting event to be featured on the M-W Tactical podcast, send me an email at info at m-wtactical.com and in the subject line put word on the streets so we can inform those who listen to our show. There is no charge for the bulletin to let others know what is going on in the shooting community. Take care and please be safe. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two if you haven't done so go follow us on instagram and facebook by searching for m-w tactical i'm jason pratt masterclass uspsa shooter owner of brass monkey bullets if you're interested in competition bullets visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 
967-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, good people, we're back at it again with another installation of the M-W Tactical Podcast on the interview segment. And once again, I have my main man, the mad scientist, sitting across from me in the studios, Dave. Now, hey guys. at the same time, we have a special guest here in the studio, so I had to go pick him up from the airport, I had to go get him out of some handcuffs, and then... I also had to make sure he was eating, but he refuses to eat. He said he only eats like one meal a day, but we, we're going to fix that because I'm about to do something special in the kitchen and, and see what the real deal is. <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado, I want to introduce everybody to Steve Anderson. What's up, Steve? Hey, man. How are you? Thank you so much for coming to get me today. Hey, no problem. Like I said, you know how I go. I hang out at Dave's house, chill out in the garage all day, just talk about guns and working on guns. <laughs> There's no difference. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, I do want to say thank you for taking the time and working with me on coming to Columbia, South Carolina to give a class. And at the same time, I know a lot of people in the area listen to your podcast, but I think it, it will be more beneficial for a lot of the people to actually come to your class and experience it firsthand. I think so. There's there's a lot of things we talk about, like match mode, for example, shot calling, for example, uh, dry fire as I envision it. I hesitate to say dry fire. Cor I'll go ahead and say it. <laughs> want to make sure they dry fire correctly. Right. And a lot of times in a audio format, it's not possible to convey these concepts correctly, right. but live one-on-one, -on -one, we can make sure that we're on the same page. And as my good friend Lanny Basham says, you can't ask a book a question. True. So when you've, when you've got me live and in person right there, we, we can cover anything you want. As, as you mentioned earlier, I'm exceedingly patient with questions. I love questions. Right. It gives me an opportunity to make sure people understand things the way I understand them. So thank you for putting this whole thing together and sticking it out. Hey, like I said, at one point in time, I was thinking it wasn't going to take place until August, September. But once you had told me it was a spot open up in May, because I wanted to do the class going into a match, mm -hmm. you know, because now instead of somebody waiting a week or two weeks to show what they learned in the class, right, now mm -hmm. by asking you if you can come and do the coaching aspect of it, it will open their eyes as to how they're going to perform under pressure with the clock but then what you're coaching and, you know, buffing out the edges. We're know. going to primarily my responsibility on match day is to make sure that we stay in match mode for the entire match. Right. And many times people will see a level of consistency that they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one of my, my greatest areas of pride is getting people to, to perform on demand with consistency under pressure. And once you can do that, you can learn any technique you want to after that. When you come back on match day and shoot 100% in match mode, it's just my favorite thing in the world. Oh, man. Oh, it's it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. So now I can tell you this. Um, whenever we do go to a match, and like I told you earlier, you know, Wally Burbage is a mentor of mine, as well as the mad scientist right here. And he's one of the 
somebody else that also focuses on staying in match mode, you know. So he's a big proponent of saying the same things that you're saying on a podcast every day, every week, you know, but it's coming live from somebody else from their experience and their perspective as well. Yeah, Wally's a phenomenal shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, may, maybe when when I first met him, he was prone to a little bit of inconsistency. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want to cast aspersions. He, he'd probably agree with that. Right, right. And when you take somebody like Wally, who's a really, really, really good shooter, and all he needs is consistency, mm-hmm. that's the missing piece. That's it. And a lot of people will resist it because of the simplicity. They don't, they're not accustomed to something so powerful being so simple. Mm-hmm. And the smarter somebody is on paper, I don't remember what Wally's job is. Uh, is it insurance? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's a very complicated job. Right. And the smarter you are on paper and the more complicated your job is, sometimes simplicity is hard to believe. Right. And so those people need to see it over and over and over again to believe that something so simple can work so well. It works great for me because I only know a lot about two things, playing guitar and shooting handguns. <laughs> I'm not smart enough in any other area to want things to be complicated. I like things to be super simple. Hey, that's it right there. <laughs> so now, all right, so I took your class last year, and I do believe – the reason I did make B class was from the developments of your teachings, right? Now, at the same time, do you think you can take someone from master to grandmaster with those same techniques? Absolutely. It's right. been documented, done numerous times. Uh, we were just discussing a mutual friend. Right. I don't know if we want to say that name or not. Yeah, I'll choose not to because okay, I didn't ask them. So we, we were just discussing, uh, Dave and I have a mutual friend. A gentleman actually sent me a check for $500 mm-hmm. after he made Grandmaster. <laughs> Tiddy, oh, that's wow. awesome. <laughs> he actually sent me a check. Uh, he said, I was never in your area. I never could get to a class. Here's $500 mm-hmm. to thank you for helping me get to Grandmaster. Guys, it's a mathematical certainty. Wow. That book would not have existed mm-hmm. if I hadn't used it to make Grandmaster. Um, so I, buddy, I know that it works, that works as well. well. Yeah, I my, my got to oh, 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 carry optics grandmaster mm-hmm. refinement repetition those 12 drills. It's a mathematical certainty. I apologize for cutting you off, Dave. No, no, I, I was interrupting. I uh, went through the drills in your book for I started. Well, when I started shooting USPSA, I started in production, but it didn't last very long because I was right at the beginning of when they introduced carry optics to USPSA. And I've, I was always excited about trying a red dot on a pistol. I'd never done it before. And the carry optics thing seemed like a great way to, to try it out um, when it was first starting. And, and I went into carry optics and shot it for about a year and a half or so. And I was working with your book and your drills. And um, after that, I, I was doing well enough where I was trying to compete with the open shooters, but I was shooting minor. So I was keeping up with them in speed, but my points weren't there. So I finally, you know, got into open and I was shooting open. I was still working your drills in the book and I got up middle of last year I got up about 93% in the open and I got nervous uh, so I backed off on classifiers and um, I let it drop back down or it ended up dropping back down to about 
and I um, I didn't feel like I was ready to compete at the GM level yet. I was my gun handling abilities were there. I think as far as the drills go and the shooting goes and crossfire stuff, I could have made GM, but I didn't want to do it. I wanted to be able to compete at the GM level before I made GM. So. I don't know. It made me nervous when I got up there. So I'm back at 90% now. I haven't shot a classifier in almost a year, probably. But maybe we'll get some more in this year. Maybe. So what you talk about is is very common. It's, it's the same thing that happened to me. Um, I didn't have a plan in the world for what to do after I got my Grandmaster card. I just knew that I could do it, and I had to do it. There was never any plan after that, you know. Nobody ever pulled me aside and said, uh, hey there, Ding Dong, when you go to nationals, you're going to have to compete against the very best shooters in the world. I didn't know any better. Um, and it's, it's, I tell people all the time, making Grandmaster is very, very easy compared to competing as a Grandmaster. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. much yeah. more challenging. It definitely is. I, I'm, I'm working on, I'm, I'm beating GMs now at a certain level. Um, but then there, you know, there are a hand few that I can't compete with yet. I finished uh, last year, 2019, I finished 21st in Open at Nationals. Um, I'm hoping this year to get into the top 16. We'll see. Well, like I said, when we was driving um, this morning and we was holding a conversation, I actually mentioned to um, Steve that my goal is to become a Grandmaster within three years. Well, yeah, you could definitely do it. I spent two years between three different divisions with Steve's book, Refinement and Repetition. And I got up finally, once I decided on a uh, division I wanted to shoot, I got up to 93% before I got scared. <laughs> so, Steve, let me ask you this. What was the hardest thing you find far as teaching people to attain their goals as to moving up in class? Doing the work versus talking about doing the work. Okay, so a lot of people will say, I want this, and they're not doing it, or you find that they're cutting corners as far as applying it. I Let me just put it to you this way. The only people that I meet are the people that haven't done the work. Meaning, okay. let me just rephrase that. The only ones I hear about are the ones that haven't done the work. The ones that have done the work already have their G cards. Gotcha. Because it, it is a mathematical certainty. If you do enough reps of these exercises, you will have grandmaster gun handling skills. Uh, Dave just proved it yet again. Refinement and repetition works so well for him that it scared him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting better than I wanted to get. This is <laughs> yeah. not a place that I really want to be right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell people all the time, if you do dry fire two a days, if you can do an hour in the morning and an hour a night, you'll be a grandmaster in a year or less. Mm-hmm. We could put you on that program right now if you're willing to do the work. Oh, trust me, I'm willing to do it. Well, <laughs> I am willing to do it. And a year from now, you're gonna say, I thought it would take three years, it didn't take three years, but you've got to do, and this is not meant to sound egotistical, you've got to do exactly what I tell you to do. 
Right. You can't do your version or dry fire light. Mm-hmm. Right. There may be other things you can do, but I can't guarantee they'll work. If you do these things, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you it will work. Right. We have enough evidence now. It's not. They, yeah, it works. it works. Yeah. So, like I said, um, last year went to the class, had a blast, and I was like, I got to do this again. All right. So, this is again that's will be happening here shortly. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. We'll we'll probably mix and match elements of, of both classes. Mm-hmm. We have a standard class, which is what you attended last time. Um, we were asked to come up with with an advanced class, and so the advanced class focuses on. It presumes you can fire an accurate shot, mm-hmm. and now we're going to sort of blend the edges between standing and moving. Look at some very very simple concepts. You know, when people find out how easy it is to take a full second off of a six foot section of movement, mm-hmm. it literally blows their mind. Like I had a client at, at my home range just yesterday. Um, we showed him some very simple things he could do to reduce his movement time. And it blew his mind wide open. He said, I never in a million years imagined it could be so simple to save so much time. Wow. Oh. And they, these are smart people. Right. But once again, they expect the answer to be complicated. Mm-hmm. They expect there to be some, some secret, uh, a secret that's guarded just as heavily as the list of competition shooters who've been killed in the streets. Mm-hmm. They expect the secret <laughs> to be that closely guarded. <laughs> like we, right? Yeah. It, it's just it's not that it's it's not that difficult. And to 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 prove it to you, I was an open grandmaster on the super squad, and I didn't know how to do these very simple things. Oh wow! I was still running fast and shooting fast. That sound familiar? Right. I'm gonna run faster and I'm gonna shoot faster. Mm-hmm. Well, that works really well up to a point, and then it, it, I'm not gonna say it stops working. But it certainly plateaus and holds you in a certain place. Right. And that's what I was going to say. The plateau method is what your techniques are going to break you out of. Sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing about technique. I, was, I learned a setup technique that worked so well that I used it for everything. It's similar mm-hmm. to the drop step. Right. That, that I affectionately call the, the Filipino kickout. Right. <laughs> right. I, I think it's a disease. <laughs> it works great if you're bound up on a fault line and you need to get some stability, or if your feet are right next to each other and you can't really push off very well. Mm-hmm. But people are so in love with it that they use it when it's not warranted. Right. When it first came out, I would watch shooters run two feet over to a fault line to the left so they could do their Filipino kickout to go back to the right. Well, that's that's an abuse of that technique, right? And that's why I don't advocate specific techniques. There's only one specific technique I'm going to make people do, and that that's my patented turn and draw. Right. Everything else, I'm going to give you options, pros and cons, and we're going to take a timer and see which one works best. Mm-hmm. What works best for you may not be the same thing that works best for somebody else, but the principle will never change. And that's why I like principles instead of techniques. Gotcha. All right, Dave. What what questions you have? I I don't know. I feel I feel like I already know Steve, even though I've never met him. Here, here's here's what I want to know, and what I want to see is okay. I want to see Steve work it because, like I said beforehand, Kita got in your head when you went to her class. I would like uh, to see did. Steve get in your head and push you to grandmaster. That's what I want to see. Well, you know, he doesn't have to push me to Grandmaster. Um, I feel like I, I'm there. 
as far as the you know cost fires go but Does that sound you know like a little bit of self-image going on right there steve oh absolutely uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you think so oh there's just no question um what what happened to me was i actually had to fake a book interview to talk to lanny basham about that very issue <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. it wasn't it wasn't a fake interview it was a little bit of a ruse right so yeah. i figured I, I knew he wouldn't talk to me for an hour if i just called him but i also knew that he wasn't super well known in the uspsa community right. mm -hmm. so i thought okay i'm going to interview him for my second book this will be a win-win-win He'll get he'll get exposure in my second book. I'll get a celebrity interview for my second book, and then I can ask him what I really want to ask him. Mm -hmm. And what I said was, "All right, Mr. Basham, I've got a card that proclaims me to be in the 95th percentile of shooters, but when I get around these guys, I don't believe that I can beat them. In fact, it was worse. I didn't believe I even belonged there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if at the time, I don't know if." Because I, I truly don't know how the Super Squad gets selected. Right. All I know is I was selected to be on the Super Squad at, at that time. It was either my first or second Open Nationals. I think it was my first. Um, it was a long time ago. Um, but I said, Mr. Basham, I don't believe I can beat these guys. You know what he said? Yes, you can if you believe it. Nope. Probably. That's not what he said. What he said? He, he said, said stop shooting. shooting. He said quit. <laughs> no, he, he told me to quit. Mm -hmm. He did. Oh, wow. And I said, Mr. Basham, I don't want to quit. And he goes, then you've got to quit thinking like that. Because mm. those are your options. Right. Either quit the sport or quit thinking like that. Right. And mm, that's, that's pretty. pretty... Yeah. So, Dave. That's serious. If, if you want to be a grandmaster. I need to be a grandmaster. You're going to have to start believing. Are you open or carry optics? Open. Open. Okay. You're going to have to start believing that not only can you beat Chris Tilly, that you deserve to beat Chris Tilly. I know I no, can, I beat, can Chris beat Chris Tilly. That's well, then you, then you need to start behaving <laughs> that way. His beard is way longer than mine. <laughs> Do you believe you can beat JJ Ricasa? Do you believe I, you I, can beat Christian Seiler? Do you believe you deserve you know, to be in the same sentence as those guys? I do, yeah. yeah. I'm not so I'm sure not about sure Kristen Seiler because he's 18 years old and he can move around a lot faster than I can. These are all excuses. They're not excuses. Well, perhaps they are. How old are you? I'm 38. You'll you'll be fine. You look you look pretty physically fit on the video, but you're gonna have to do you have to do a bunch of work. And you're going to have to uh, yep. believe that you deserve it. Okay. Now, whether or not you come to the classes is one thing, but we're doing a we're doing the mental management seminar this coming Sunday. Yes. And a full third of that talks about your self-image and talks about how to take control of that self-image to remake it like you need it to be to get the result that you want. Man, that really that sounds, sounds like sounds what, I need. what I need. Well, it's what I needed, and I didn't even realize it. Right, I got I got where I got because of sheer repetition, yeah. and when you indulge in enough repetition, it solves a lot of problems, right? Sure. But as soon as you introduce pressure, the conscious mind gets activated and wants to undo all the subconscious reps that you've done. So when you need it the most, your conscious mind comes in and short circuits all those reps that you've done and takes control. And now you've got the equivalent of a drunk Charlie Sheen in your house. Oh, dear Lord. In your dishes. 
that Charlie Sheen's not allowed in my house. <laughs> well, then, then, then he's not allowed in your shooting either. And self-image is how you... It's, 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 Mr. Woodland's going, he's staying in my house. <laughs> is this a strange analogy that he's really, really going to find out? <laughs> well, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing um, the class, but... Um, here later on this evening, are you open to do a little bit of um, what you call um, drop fire tune up? With you? Correct. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Right yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. All I was going to say is, guys, this, you know, everybody, I should say everybody, many, many people think that there's some mysterious equation to mastering a competition handgun. There's not. You just got to do the reps. It's as simple as that. And what jams most people up is, when they decide they need to do something a little bit quicker, they're not willing to trade a little bit of accuracy short term mm -hmm. to find a better way to do something physical. Right. And then so they 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 present a truly impossible equation. They say, okay, I can do this thing in four seconds with all alphas. Mm -hmm. Now I want to do this thing in three and a half seconds with all alphas. Right. That is not possible in the short term. Mm -hmm. If it was, you would have already done it. So a lot of it, like you're saying, is mental. But at the same time, if I don't know, how will I get there? I'm going to show you how to get there. But, <laughs> but my point is most people, they, they can't get quicker because they're not willing to give up any accuracy yes. at all short term. Gotcha. And you should see them. You're going to see me get very grumpy in class one day too mm -hmm. because somebody is going to do something extraordinary. And then the first thing they're going to say is, yeah, but it was a Delta. <laughs> and I'm going to get very, very grumpy. Right. <laughs> well, I remember that happening in the class that I went to. And you jumped on the guy who said that. Was that the day, I, was that the day they gave me decaf instead of regular coffee? Or was that a different class? Oh, um, yeah, that would should be that day. <laughs> I don't remember coffee being in the equation. Decaf. Like, I think that was the, I think that was the morning that my host, his whose wife was very very pregnant. No, gave, she wasn't pregnant. Oh, this was a different class. Yeah, this was different. Okay. Totally well, never different mind. Class. Yeah, but I I still might have been grumpy because that's the easiest way to get me grumpy is to do something extraordinary and then complain about a Delta. This was the same class where the guy put the handcuffs on you. Oh, I remember that very well. Yeah, yeah that was that class. <laughs> I so you may not believe this or not, but I was practicing at a local range. Uh, Saturday. No, no, no. It was Sunday. I went Sunday. Sunday. But I was out there picking up brass after I did some drills on a plate rack. I went to pick up my brass. Reloading supplies are hard to come by nowadays. So I was making sure I got every nine millimeter piece of brass out of there that I could. And I actually found a handcuff key out there on the range. So I brought it for you, Steve. <laughs> In case something happens. I've well, got a key for you. <laughs> like I said, I did it with real skills with a paper clip. <laughs> I don't know where that key came from. But... That was one of the coolest moments of my entire life was, was being handcuffed outside of the barbecue joint and having my handcuffs picked. That was phenomenal. You just can't make this stuff up, you know? <laughs> yeah, when I was telling Dave the story, he was sitting there like, are you for real? This for real? He's like, this is too funny. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. yeah you had cops driving by. <laughs> you were waving them off. <laughs> <laughs> so now um, 
going into the class day one day two so pretty much the first day of class is we're going to learn how to drop fire and then day two we're going to apply what we learned from drop fire into the clock and hitting the target it's a little oversimplified right um <laughs> day, day one is about accuracy and shot calling right uh that does include some dry fire uh day and you're also going to learn match mode so day one is accuracy shot calling match mode okay because without that match mode foundation the ability to immediately go into a competition and worry more about what you're seeing than anything else without that foundation it's very difficult to train in what i call speed mode okay but if we have a strong match mode foundation that's phenomenal because now we can and we must do more training in what i call speed mode where we don't need to worry about accuracy short term because we've already proven we we possess it right okay, right so now we can suspend that for a very very short period of time i'm talking 30 minutes i'm not talking about three weeks okay we can suspend that for a very short period of time learn how to do some other stuff with our body and then ideally we'll be able to flip that match mode switch right back on oh, okay and this this is what allows us to save the 10 years that it used to say it took people to make master the old joke was it takes 10 years and a million rounds to make master mm. i think we can do it in six months or less and i yeah. think we can get to the g in another six months in fact i know we can if people are willing to do the work yeah like i said i'll be the test dummy and i'll make it happen <laughs> yeah we're gonna make it happen well think about it progress in in any hobby or any Anything that requires skill is measured not in days, weeks, or years, but in hours. Okay, that's true. So if a guy dry fires an hour a week, mm -hmm. compare that to a guy who dry fires two hours a day, right? Think about how much quicker the guy that dry fires that gets two hours a day is going to progress versus one hour a week. Mm -hmm. So it's really all about hours. Now... When we first, well, when I first did your class, what actually ended up taking place was when I kept back home, I was doing all 12 drills for five minutes each. Then I found myself wanting to take shortcuts and messing up and accepting the mess up. So I backed it up to two minutes each. What do you think is a good parameter for those who draw fire time-wise? What do you mean by having mess ups and shortening the time period because of the mess up? Yeah, I was, I'm wondering about that. What were your shortcuts? Okay, so for instance, when I'm doing the reload drills, right, I'm accepting, okay, I didn't um, put the magazine in like the, the tip, the burkett. Mm -hmm. All right, so I didn't put it in, right? I hit the side of it. Okay, I just start over again instead of hitting the side and getting it in there before the time actually expires, right? But it was mainly because of fatigue. Because, you know, you could just sit there the whole time and just keep hitting the clock and doing it faster than you can on the draw. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I was accepting the mess up more. And at the same time, instead of keeping the firearm out, I caught myself bringing it into me to do it, to push it back out. Okay. You know, so I, I felt like that was acceptable failure in a sense, if that makes sense to you. I'm going to try to say this as respectfully as I can because just be hard because yeah, be you're the guy that's going to provide me with my only meal of the day here very shortly. 
So mm. I'm going to make this as respectful as I can. Mm. Think about this for a second. Right. You took a problem that was caused by an insufficient number of, of correct repetitions. Right. And you reduced the repetitions. Right. That would not be my recommendation. Was that respectful enough, Dad? That sounded pretty respectful. Right? I think so. He'll probably still feed you. Yeah, like I said, rough example, but yeah. I mean, you're still able to get a plate for dinner. So, <laughs> so you're in the martial arts, right? Correct. If you were teaching me martial arts and you mm. were demonstrating something. Okay. And I did it and you said, I need you to go home. I need you to do this, do this for 30 minutes a night. Mm -hmm. And then I saw you a week later and my form was incorrect. And I said to you, yes, I'm, I'm so sorry. I was very tired and I didn't feel like doing it correctly. So I stopped. What's wrong with me? The, the other thing that okay. exists, remember when we talked about people being unwilling to accept matchmaking because it's so simple? Right. There's also people who think they can outsmart the reps. Mm -hmm. And you, you know from martial arts, you cannot outsmart the reps. Correct. You just have to do them. Mm-hmm. And that's why when when people tell me that they think they think dry fire is boring, I'm like, who cares? It doesn't matter if it's boring. Do you want this bad enough to do these reps? True. And you can think about whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And in fact, thinking about something else actually, I think helps. I think if because I used to calculate m my Mustang payoff when I dry fire. <laughs> really? I'm being deadly serious. <laughs> I, how, how does that work? <laughs> it's very simple. Okay. I would go down okay. and, and I'd start dry firing. Mm. And I'd, I'd set my egg timer for three minutes or five minutes, whatever it was. And be like, I owe six grand. I'm currently paying three fifty. I could probably afford to pay five. I'm not even thinking about the reps. Right. I'm going to try that and see if that I works am, for me. I am literally calculating the payoff on my car while I'm dry firing. Hmm. And I, I, that proves my activity subconscious. Right. Right? Yeah. So here I am dry firing 6-3 load 6, well under 3 seconds. And I'm thinking about how much money I have left on my Mustang. Right? Hmm. So if I can do that at the limit of human function and perform a mathematical equation while I'm doing it, do you think it's very hard for me to center my dot in competition? Not at all. Exactly. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's it right there. So we've got to do things. You know, you, you, I'm, I'm sure you've heard people say, uh, beginner does it till he gets it right. A master does it till he can't get it wrong. Right. I'm encouraging you to do it until it's the most normal thing in the world. Right. And that's where two-a-days really shine. Correct. Uh, Dave, have you ever done two-a-days? I do them quite frequently, yeah. Isn't it oh. amazing how much better you get right after you start doing two-a-days? Man, a lot of what I do in the morning, because I get up so early for work, I do uh, my dry fire in the morning is in my little room. Where I have my you know reloading presses and dry fire targets all over the walls, all over, all over the place. But I do a bit of stationary stuff, and, I, and then I incorporate some movement into the, my little room. But then in the afternoon, when I get home from work, I set up full-size targets outside, and I do a lot of movement drills, uh, you know, with dry fire, and um, it's, it really is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to get Mr. Woodland on the uh, treadmill, and we're going to we're going to make him part of, <laughs> yes. part of the treadmill experience. Please record it. See, Dave just wants to see me fall. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes, I do. But, you know. It, it happens. It if happens. we can get a clip of him falling off the treadmill and some Benny Hill music, we'll break the internet. <laughs> yes, we will. I'm hoping for it. 
outstanding. That's too funny. That's too funny. All right, so Steve, he bought that treadmill just for you. <laughs> well, actually, I guess he didn't really pay for it. He no, I got it for acquired free. it just for you. <laughs> awesome. All right, so here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to go ahead and um, throw on my gear, and I'm going to go ahead and do a session of dry fire so I can get ready because Saturday is the match. Lucky's going to be at this match. And oh, no. That is right. I am still up 1-0 to in the Lucky Challenge against me. So, Lucky, I hope you're listening to this. You better get ready because I want my dinner hot and ready. <laughs> Man. Steve, he's been talking about this uh, for the last six months. I don't think we've shot a match since then. <laughs> so should we, should we talk about that real quick? Do we have time? Yeah, we got plenty of time. All right. So when we have a placement goal, mm -hmm. that needs to be something that we can think about in training and think about it when we decide whether we're going to train, how much we're going to train, what we're going to do in training. As we get closer to the competition, we have got to set that placement goal aside and turn that into a process. Correct. Because if we think about that placement goal, we're probably going to have what I call conscious override. Mm -hmm. Conscious override is where Charlie Sheen busts in on you after five or six drinks and enters <laughs> a romantic guy. dinner with your girlfriend. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. We don't want that. We want you to compete subconsciously inside of a process. Now, we can't promise that you're going to get the placement goal that you want. Mm -hmm. But what we can do is make it far more likely to get a consistent performance at your current level of skill, which will be what you've earned in training, which is where the placement goal comes into play. If you want to win that match, you got to outwork the guy you want to beat, mm -hmm. and you got to stay involved in a process that's more likely to give you consistent performance. I can show you exactly how to do that. You heard it. I'm about to put it to the test. Lucky you're going to be the result of what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, there's one of the, one thing that Steve mentioned on one of his podcasts, it was probably a couple years ago, but it was something that I think he heard, heard or learned from Lanny Basham. And um, it has stuck with me ever since then. When I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like dry firing, I hear in my head, the Russian is practicing. I don't, I don't currently compete with Russians. There's there's a Ukrainian guy that I know in North Carolina, but you know it doesn't count. But um, it motivates me. You know, I I think about that. There is someone else that is practicing right now. I need to get up and practice. Yeah. That for some reason that little thing has been so influential to me in my dry fire practice early in the morning. So so two things about that. When I went to go see the Bashams to get certified to teach mental management, I got to meet Helen. And the first thing I said to her was, Helen, is the Russian practicing? <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, the Russian is always practicing. Yes. And that was That's right. super cool. That's right. And, and number two, this is where your placement goal is handy. If there's somebody that you want to beat, you've got to let that be tackling fuel inspire you to strap your gear on and you don't want to do it and keep it on longer than you want to keep it on hmm. because there there will be some number of reps of an activity that are going to put you ahead of the next guy in line right hmm. it's yep. up to you and nobody knows what that number is right? right it's up to you to achieve that number 
That's how you beat the next guy in front of you. That's how you get to be the local hot dog. Dave, that's how you learn to hang with the open super squad. That's how you get to the next level. And then believing you belong there, well, that's the self-image challenge we can help you with on the mental management side. Yes, I need that. Yeah. So, therefore, hopefully we'll get to see you, Dave, at the training and the mental management class. You, you waiting for a response? Yeah, echo, <laughs> okay. echo crickets. <laughs> so I'll see you Saturday after I win the match on Saturday. We'll most likely join you Sunday for the mental management class. Oh, and by the way, Dave, this, this information is not just for competition shooting. It will literally change the way you look at your life. And anything in your life that's causing you frustration, mental management can show you how to solve virtually any problem you're ever going to have. It sounds fantastic, man. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. That's it. So, once again, I want to thank Steve Anderson for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And anytime you want to come on, Steve, you are more than welcome to. Cool. Thank you very much. Hey, no problem, man. Um, we're going to sit back here and we're going to talk about the next time we can get you to come to the Columbia, South Carolina area because I got an idea about something I want to try to put into motion, but I'll get with you offline about that. Sounds good. I appreciate that. Thank All you very much. Right. Once again, everybody stay in your seats and here are some words from our sponsors. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina Concealed Weapons Permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, 
your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result is another, and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you cannot wait for Tuesday, go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.